everyone. It's hard to believe we're filming our fourth week of News and Brews, our weekly to the point video series where we discuss new developments in collegiate athletics related to the coronavirus pandemic. Last week, we spent time talking about the need for more financial voices in college athletics, and I'm really excited about featuring two of those voices today, both of them representing programs in the California State University system. Joining us for the discussion is Tiffany Edlin, the Senior Associate Athletics Director and Business Manager at Long Beach State, and Jeff Pritzker, the Associate Athletics Director for Finance at San Jose State. Tiffany, why don't we start by hearing some strategies that you're using at Long Beach State to engage with your fan base and your ticket holders during this pandemic? Absolutely. One of the great benefits of working for Long Beach State is our amazing dedicated donor base, our fans, um, just contributors to the program. We have some lifelong dedicated fans. And obviously with this pandemic, um, the, the abrupt stop of spring sports, which is very heavy for Long Beach State, um, left a lot of people just in, in peril. And uh, we have a great team of staff that have been working just night and day on creative opportunities to connect with those donors. We've participated in the drive-by birthday parties for some of our donors. We've, um, on the National Day of Giving, we had a lot of creative opportunities for coaches to connect with um, their fans. We had our head baseball coach, Eric Valenzuela, play MLB Live with one of our alums on Twitch through eSports, um, just some various things like that, various touch points from different avenues that we've, uh, that we've concocted. Um, nothing, I'm not gonna say anything original. You see a lot of that going on right now in, in social media, but um, every opportunity we've had to make phone calls, um, a lot of outbound phone calls to do nothing but to say, hi, how are you? You know, how are you doing? Often we have uh, the question, what can we do to help you? You know, not necessarily that we're going to be the ones to help them, but we can maybe connect that individual to a resource. Um, and we can only do that through the connection. So uh, the team is working hard um, just to stay connected with everyone. And, you know, this is not a time to ask for money or support. This is a time to lean on each other. And that's what Long Beach State has been doing with, uh, with our donors at this time. Yeah, that's really awesome. And some of the things you guys have been doing have been really uh, impressive and exciting to watch. And and I know that your donors and fans and they want to know what everyone wants to know, which is when is college sports coming back to us? We need this in our lives. And um, seems like it's going to be a decision made on a state by state basis. Um, Jeff, can you tell me a little bit more what reopening of college sports is going to look like for you in the state of California? Certainly, Katie, and thanks again for having us. Uh, we're very excited to be uh, part of the the webcam series. Uh, we're a little bit interesting in San Jose as we've got some, uh, the Santa Clara County is kind of one of the leaders in what they're coming out with and what how they are going to shelter in place and have been very specific um, rather than what the state has been doing. So we kind of have to look at both areas to see. Uh, we're hoping that uh, we will gradually move in. Uh, the word is right now, our shelter in place will end the end of May. There will be some sort of um, restriction after that. What we're trying to do is plan between university facilities and operations of the university and then we're including our equipment team, equipment staff, our facility staff, strength and conditioning, 
and our medical staff to set up a committee to look at all the different things that we'll need to do to become up and running for practice and for event management. So we're looking at specific uh, purchases to see, okay, how can we clean locker rooms and common areas and all the things that we'll need to do to protect our student athletes, because that's the number one goal and what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, that's, there's so much to think about. And I think it's great that you all are proactively um, working to break down silos. I feel like silo is sometimes a four letter word in higher education, um, but especially with athletics and the rest of campus, I love to see that collaboration and coordination to make sure that everybody is uh, marching to the same cadence in the same direction and with the same goals in mind. Um, and and with you all, it's uh, unique with your Cal State University system as a whole. Um, you even though you're separate campuses, you have a, an overarching university system that is um, has, receives a lot of state funding. So, um, Tiffany, could you talk about how the state budget impacts are impacting CSUs and what is that trickle down effect on Long Beach State? Sure, um, not to go into a whole history lesson, but in the, the previous recession, a lot of our CSUs were cut um, significantly from the state and we've never fully recovered. So I'm not gonna say numbers or percentages because I don't know them offhand, but um, we're going into a season where there was already somewhat of a structural deficit. There was already somewhat of a donors giving money that actually lent itself to covering fixed costs instead of maybe enhancements covering out-of-state scholarships instead of the in-state scholarships, just because of the nature of uh, the progression to build up that budget, and we never got back to the funding that was prior to 2008-2009. At this time, with the governor coming out with his May revision, things look grim. Uh, when you read the numbers and you read between the lines, you're looking at higher education going, we know we're extremely important and we are vital. I often talk about how athletics, college athletics and um, the economy go hand in hand. We, we hosted the, um, the men's volleyball national championship last year in the pyramid, and we had a couple people coming up and calculating, all right, what is the economic impact mm -hmm. to Long Beach, you know, the city of Long Beach, just because of that one, two, three game series happening on our facility. And um, it's no stranger that uh, with the economy and, and where that money is gonna come from, we just have to be strategic in a lot of those decisions. Um, some of it is on the creative revenue generation side. Not able to put people on our campus at the moment obviously restricts us, but it doesn't stop us in our tracks. And we're continuing to have those conversations looking for solutions to the problem. And then there's the other side of the equation, which is the expenses. And there's the natural, um, well, if the airlines aren't running, we save on airfare. <laughs> um, if we're not competing in the fall, we don't have, you know, um, ushers at the games. And so it does balance itself out to an extent, but um, anything less than what we've gotten in previous years, which is coming, um, is going to affect all of the CSUs very greatly because it wasn't necessarily a large, it wasn't, it wasn't a hundred percent of the budget. Um, but the percentage that it was, was great. And it takes a little bit of everything. It takes a little bit of student fees and a little bit of donor funds, a little bit of ticket sales and a little bit of state funds to make most of the CSU athletic programs run. It's, it's a combination of funding. And so when one of those legs gets pulled out from underneath us, um, you know, that's kind of the situation that we're in. 
And uh, we know that revisions can still be made. We know that decisions can be made at a um, you know country level, um, that not just California, but California is looking. Um, I'm going to use the word grim in light of the governor's uh, May revision on the budget. Mm -hmm. And you know, one thing that uh, I have thought about as I'm talking to different schools from all around the country, different sizes, large to small, is there are some of the, the larger power five type schools that are um, really kind of struggling with going through this pain of, you know, what does this look like for us? We're having to start um, containing costs. And, and I've been saying to them, you should reach out to some of these schools like the CSUs that they've been through this. They've been there, done that. <laughs> they can tell you what they've learned. And, um, you know, I think that in some ways having to go through that years ago has positioned you and made you stronger to be able to, get through what you're getting through today you understand the importance of being strategic um and i and i think that's really great and you know you often hear in the media about the great disparities but within budgets and in college athletics you have your big schools your small schools and jeff i know you have experience working for power five schools group of five schools fcs programs over the course of your career and currently as a voice of a group of five school what is your biggest challenge that you're seeing within San Jose State, but then also within your peers in the Mountain West Conference? So we're kind of looking at our budget is kind of split in three ways and how we are funded and we're funded from the school, from student fees, and then from what we uh, get in revenue from NCAA, you know, game guarantees, ticket sales, all of the rest of the stuff. Um, certainly we had an issue in 1920 because our NCA distribution was significantly down because mm -hmm. of not hosting the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So we lost about a million two from that. So we're trying to make sure that we're finishing off 1920, projecting out the savings that we'll have from those spring sports and go from there. Starting in 2021, the big concern that everybody has in the CSU and in the Mountain West is we still don't know what's going to happen. And mm -hmm. so what we're doing is we're projecting, you know, three different scenarios of, all right, what do we do if we don't play football? What if we do if we don't play fall sports? What do we do if football starts being played in October or November? Or, um, and then we're looking at all the different uh, changes that the Mountain West will initiate so we're looking at travel sizes we're looking at contests and rather than going to the maximum number of contests that the ncaa allows maybe we look more at the minimum uh, luckily for us in california we have quite a few schools that we can just hop in a bus and an hour half hour we're competing and we're coming back now we're within that with saint mary's and Cal and Stanford and Pacific and Sacramento State and all of those are opportunities for us where we could compete yet there's some savings there so we're not charter busing or if we're charter busing we're not charter flying for football and we're flying commercial and we're looking at a lot of the same things as Tiffany said that we did in 2008 um, but we're trying to say okay What's the NCAA going to do? What's the state of California going to do? And what's the Mountain West going to do? 
as we try to plan for next year's budget. Yeah, and that's, I mean, there's so many moving pieces and parts and especially with group of five, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, having all of that cash reserve, you know, you rely so heavily on student fees and on, um, you know, those competitions and, you know, having that opportunity in California is great as you're able to, um, you know, travel with those schools that are nearby and, and still have competitions available for your athletes because I know they're probably so ready to get back into sports and, you know, the, the talk has been, is there going to be a football season? But Tiffany, you, at Long Beach State, there's no football team, um, but you're still a mid-major program. And I would love to hear from you what stories commonly misrepresented about athletic programs like yours and, and just share with us a little bit that there is more out there than football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Katie, you're, you're right. And we love football. We love what it does for college athletics. We love um, you know, that it gives opportunity to say non-revenue sports, but at Long Beach State, that's that's our model right now. And it's to give the best possible experience to a student athlete. It's to cultivate leaders and champions. And we do that on the court or the field. Um, and right now our focus is really just on the student well-being. You know, you got a kind of a checklist. And we encourage our coaches to connect with the student athletes and make sure that they are uh, where they need to be academically, because if and when we come back, we want to be ready to hit the ground running. And we know that it's going to take a little bit of time to ramp up, but it's a unique opportunity for us, too, that we've had so many years of experience with recruiting the student with less less money, um, knowing that they're comparing their financial aid packages to another school going, why is this number this number instead of this number? And um, we've been able to get some amazing recruits because we offer so much. We have a great academic programs. We offer great coaching. We have some of the best uh, head coaches in the country just centralized here at Long Beach State. And we give the student the best possible experience. Um, I, I was thinking through, you know, coming into today's um, meeting here, thinking about my experience as a student athlete and how I wouldn't have had an opportunity had it not been for a scholarship. I would have stopped after high school had volleyball not been in my future. And that opportunity to provide scholarships is, is an absolute must. And so we prioritize scholarships and we prioritize getting the right fit of student in the mix here. And then we focus on, again, their experience. And some of that is we get to travel to cool places and we get to do community service and we get to win national championships. Um, but it's also about the relationship and this new normal that we're going into I think a lot of optimists are like, all right, one year and we're done, right? <laughs> they have this thought like, if I could just make it to you know, June of next year, we won't have this anymore. And I'd love to be in that same boat. But as the finance person, you know, we know that we have to make some sacrifices now for the betterment and the longevity of, of the, and sustainability is the word that I use probably a hundred times a day. Let's make a decision that's gonna allow us to be sustainable in the future. And so if that means instead of $35 a day for a student, we go down to 30 and we negotiate a restaurant partner to help us with a buy one, get one, we're gonna go that step um, to continue to give the student what they need, but also be cost conscious in the, in the process. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Um, and you know, talking about student athletes being a top priority, um, Jeff, what are some things that you all are doing at San Jose State to help them thrive and still continue to achieve their goals while they're off campus waiting this out? So we have an amazing academic support system. 
and Eileen Daly and her group do a wonderful job of keeping up with the student athletes. Uh, at this level, our coaching staff does a great job of interacting with their student athletes, at least weekly, sometimes a couple times a week, and keeping them involved. I think one of the things with them is they've always had a strong work ethic and a schedule that they always followed. So you're up at this time, you're practicing here, you're going to classes here, you're studying now. With that, with them being off campus, they don't have that structure anymore. And it's really tough for those people that are overachievers and scholastically really strong to then have to set up their own schedules because they're not used to it. And mm -hmm. so we're helping out in that way and trying to get them. And I think the SAC committee that we talked to, we're really getting information from them about their teammates and certainly mental health is one of the big keys right now um, certainly the out of the darkness walks and some of the other mental health situations we really are tagging into and checking on and i think that almost all uh, colleges are doing that now whereas five years ago i don't think anybody was doing it and that that's just what we need to do. And it's part of that student athlete well-being, student athlete welfare, student athlete experience. We're doing the same thing with nutrition and trying to set up nutrition things for them. And they'll have workout plans, I believe we're just starting to do because I think the NCAA just cleared that and do that. So it's a lot of interaction. It's a lot of help in them feeling connected and not feeling like they're lost. Yeah, and um, you know, you make a great point in that the, the athlete's well-being, those are those things that are the things that matter. And it's so hard for a financial person when you're always talking about money and we know that money's not the only thing that matters. Um, but if money can help fund great programs for um, you know, helping with mental health issues and nutrition and other things to help support the student athletes. That's why it's so important to still have money as a topic of conversation in the story, because there's a reason, there's a difference that you're making um, with those funds. It's not just about making money to, you know, overspend. It's about making money to help support student athletes and um, and your communities and and all of that. And I think that's really important. Um, want to shift gears a little bit. One last question for each of you, um, because I know your peers would love to hear tips. Um, what are you doing, Tiffany, to help manage your employees remotely? What's working? What's not working? Yeah, um, obviously, again, everyone just had to like ditch campus and ditch their desks. And I'm a very um, systematic person. If I don't have my 10 key calculator on my right, my calendar on my left, like I didn't know how to function the first 48 hours. Um, what we what we tried to do is be consistent in our messaging and be consistent in our expectations. But part of those expectations was to be transparent and ask our staff to let us know where your struggles are. Is it you don't have a laptop? Is it you don't have a quiet place? Is it you know you know sometimes I mean for me I have three kids. I go to work <laughs> as a break, <laughs> and um, you know I'm not alone in that. And so. 
Um, we have very strict restrictions if you are to come back to campus. They they have a whole checklist of things, and so it's it's just better and safer for our staff to stay away from campus right now. And um, you know, a, a lot of the what's working is you know socially distant happy hours and five quick five minute phone calls to check on on people. We have a group text with some of our uh, leads in our, our departments. Um, where we just send silly memes, like what's the funniest COVID meme that you've seen? And it's amazing to me that I still haven't seen every meme that's been generated at this point in time. Um, you know, and it's just to kind of keep things light. But as Jeff's kind of mentioning for the students, for the staff, you got to give them structure. So we didn't want the pendulum to swing where everyone's loosey goosey and do what you want and collect a paycheck, but like don't be productive. But we didn't want this clock in at eight, clock out at five mentality. So we've kind of in, in essence created telecommuting plans with expectations, some some round deadlines in the future. And it's like, if you can get that done in four hours, by all means, if, if you need to take a couple more hours to take care of that, or if you need to set up a Zoom, you have the power and authority to, to do that and you don't necessarily need the chain of commands anymore um, and then I'll also say the ability to remote everything later then but my staff from the business side had to learn how to educate every department how to use DocuSign and how to use PDF signature and and how to save your document so it didn't get lost in translation and it was a lot of work at the front end um, but I think uh, a lot of people learned a skill set they maybe didn't have before and um, it's going to serve us well in the future yeah and um, you know that's a great tip for you know, managing your people, giving them, trusting them and having that self-accountability built in with those steps and if how you want to get that done and how it works for you, um, you know, I think that's an excellent approach. Um, Jeff, tell me a little bit about what you're doing at San Jose State to manage your employees and what's working and what's not working. So along the lines of what Tiffany says is we empower our, our employees to take ownership and I think we're so busy throughout the year, um, the business office, you would think, okay, what are they doing during the summer? Well, we're doing year-end close, we're closing POs, we're opening POs, we're doing fall travel. That's one of the busiest times for us. And then as you know, we do the audit in the fall and the Department of Ed report and the EADA report. So there really <laughs> isn't a downtime in the business office. This has yeah. kind of given us an idea of, all right, how do we revamp? How do we look big picture? How do we go through our policies and procedures manual and update so that the travel pieces are right, the procurement pieces are right? We've got some great facility or setups in the Cal State system that are just amazing to be able to use and to be remote. We have an FTS system where transactions are all happening online and all the copies are online. It is amazing. It's funny when I go to across campus and they're talking about, oh, it's got limitations. And I tell them, I've been at schools where we don't have this and it's reams and reams of paper and it's a nightmare and you're sending paper across campus and it gets lost. So that that's probably a separate point than what you were <laughs> asking about but certainly my assistants have really kind of looked at their roles and, and and how can they make their roles support me, support the department, 
and support our student athletes. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. I oversee the facilities area and the equipment area, and those guys don't have downtime. And so they're looking at visitors guides and they're looking at mm -hmm. how it looks on our website and some of the big picture items that are important, especially for our donors and our fans, that maybe we don't have that time and effort because we're so busy with day-to-day -day type things. So I think with those things being pushed out to our staff, they're taking more ownership and are saying, mm -hmm. all right, my opinion matters. I get to go through. I get to set some things that are higher up and my stuff gets to get seen. And I've seen a really positive increase in the morale of my staff and they get it because we are treating them like adults and that they value that value. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I love hearing that um, perspective from both of you. And um, I think that a lot of people are really going to value hearing that from you and just to know they're not alone, um, to know that you guys are working so hard and doing some really great things. Um, in the spirit of news and brews, uh, we also spend some time talking each week about what brew we're sharing. And this week, since we're on Pacific time, we decided to go for a different type of brew. Um, I'm in Florida and we're starting to open back up and um, visited my favorite coffee shop and got an ice cortadito. And um, I like to think that during coronavirus, it's calorie free as well. So um, that's the brew that I'm enjoying today. Um, Tiffany, what about you? Yeah, um, uh, a little espresso uh, shop here in Lakewood. They have another location in Silver Beach called Davatini Espresso, and it's an iced caramel macchiato. Delicious. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? I'm just having a standard cup of Keurig <laughs> coffee because today's my. This is my third uh, video conference of the day, and so this is my third cup of. Uh, I think I have Walmart brand coffee in there. Yeah, so I'm yeah. A business guy, sure. <laughs> I go with the cheapest. Yeah, well, um, these are important brews to get us through this time, just like uh, the other types of brew are also important to get us through this time. <laughs> and um, really, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you all taking the time out of your busy days to share with us and through um, to the country to hear more about your perspectives on what you're going through. I think it adds a lot more clarity and understanding to um, what the college athletics environment looks like right now. And just a little more empathy, I think, for some people who don't work in it day to day to understand all of the things and all of the great work that the finance offices are doing to help support student athletes and make sure your programs can be sustainable in the long term past this uh, pandemic. So. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me. Also, please submit any items that you would like to see for future topics. Um, we would love to hear from you as well. So if you would like your voice to be heard, um, this is an open invitation, so please reach out. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter for more relevant news in higher education and college athletics. Definitely follow uh, San Jose Spartans and um, the Long Beach um, as well so that, you know, see what they're doing on social media, how they're engaging with their fan base. And um, until then, we will see you again next week for another News and Bruce. Have a great day, everyone. Katie, can I just add one thing? Yeah. Uh, 
I want anybody that's in the industry to uh, be aware that CABMA is going to be uh, free for the upcoming year. Uh, they are not going to have uh, uh, fee involved. And I want to thank Katie and James Moore for really being supportive of CABMA. It is a great organization. Mm -hmm. The training that you do on the Excel part, it's its just a fun event, and we'll be doing some of those things uh, remotely now. But uh, keep that in mind, and thanks for your support, Katie. Yeah, Jeff, think that's a great reminder. Um, NACTA and all affiliates, um, they have waived membership fees for the 2020 and 2021 academic year and they are going to be offering some of the content that was going to be at convention virtually we are actually hosting one of their webinars um, in june and we'll be sharing more information about that with you in the coming weeks as well um, so jeff that was a really great reminder and thanks for sharing that and um, i know the cabma board is working really hard on keeping members engaged and um, i think they're doing a great job as well so Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you, Jeff. Um, have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thanks.